Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour Podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on tonight's episode of the CGA Tour Podcast, I'm joined by the one, the only, the Colton Davidson, as we're back again with more questions, more NFL questions. Yeah, right, Colton? We yeah, got, uh, we we got, got <laughs> some stuff to talk about here, right? Yeah, we got lots to talk about. It was, it was an awesome, fun week of football. I'm, I'm really excited to talk with you about it. Week one was great. Mm-hmm. Not for all Chargers fans like myself. No. Um, that was that was tough. That was a heartbreaking loss. Um, I would say also Giants fans and Steelers fans would rather just forget the week happened. You know, I mean, just if you're a Giants fan, I feel bad for you. Wait all the way for Sunday night. You lost 40 to nothing to the Cowboys. <laughs> I feel bad if you're also. I mean, if you're a Steelers fan, I also feel bad, too, because like mm-hmm. you couldn't score worth a darn and you also couldn't stop really anybody worth a darn in the first no. quarter. You had one yard of rushing for a combined 200 yards of, uh, excuse me, one yard total and a half for a combined total of 200 yards in the first quarter. So that was just fun for um Have you seen that stat going around about the Steelers offense since Matt Canada took over? Have you seen that? No. No, what's that one say? So uh, this is fully full credit to the the Ringer podcast network stuff stuff but uh, it's a it's a stat going around that since matt canada has taken taken over it's been like since 2018 2019 um the steers offense has not gotten once over 400 yards of total offense so since he has been the head coach since he's been the offensive coordinator never once going over you know 400 yards of offense and in that time in the same time frame the nfl averages around 20 ish percent of they of they of a team going over that and you know it's like if you think about it like the standard hallmark of hey did the running back have a good game is 100 yards rushing hey did the quarterback could have a good game you would say did he get over 300 yards passing and there's your 400 yards so that kind of kind of tells you what is the steelers been doing under matt canada so uh whatever there's there are a lot of issues with league one mm-hmm. um but a lot of good things to talk about too on that point and i we got we got subtopics here so i'm just gonna list them off here for the listeners before we get started just in case yeah. you know they want to know what the, the six ideas we got coming on here our biggest fantasy bust and boom real life disappointed real life impressed and then most confident you know, more we feel the most confident about this going forward in the NFL period, very broad topic, and then also the unconfident level. Um, well, too. So I'm just, I'm just going to take it away here with this one. Biggest fantasy bust of the week. And to me, this is the biggest bust of you see the score of the game. The guy is on your team. You didn't watch the game, though. And you mm-hmm. go, oh, he must have scored 80. Right, like yeah. you, you see the score, you go, "Oh man, they won forty to nothing." Okay, how in the world did, you know, how, how many how many points did our my the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, whatever on that respective team score? Forty to nothing. Well, Dak Prescott's the biggest fantasy bust in my opinion for this because he scored a whole five points in fantasy football, I believe, with zero touchdowns, and that's gonna be the biggest fantasy bust. Like that is such a high expectation. If you went out to Sunday night dinner then later on you're like in the you know in the cab i don't i don't know i uber everyone mm-hmm. takes ubers now i sound real old when i say cab but you know everyone takes ubers and on the ride home or 
Hey, you know what? Or the Lyfts as well. Uber or Lyfts. Yeah, Lyfts. Um, any right? rideshare yeah. company. Any rideshare company. Sponsorships come on in. We're yeah. ready. We're open. <laughs> not not closing out at all. No, just open doors. There, you're going. Oh, Dak. Dak must have had thirty. 30 mm-hmm. fantasy points or 20 or you know what he at least put up he at least put up his projected like 15 to 20 right Dallas Cowboys scored 40 now in ESPN fantasy football the leagues one of the leagues that are in slash run slash do whatever it's PPR league doesn't make any difference because of the quarterback here but I'm just going to say mm-hmm. Dak had five like that's that's not optimal and biggest bust in my opinion of the week what about you what was your think of the biggest bust here so i'm torn between two and i think i'm gonna go with the funnier of the two where so calvin um do you know what range of picks did drake london go like what what was what number of pick was he like what did he was he a top 10 was he a top five um i'm gonna say he's a top 20 to top 30 wide receiver so he's not your wide receiver one, no matter what. I mean, I meant like actual NFL draft. Oh, he was a top 10 pick. I believe not, not too long ago, like three years ago. He was drafted eighth overall in the 2022 NFL draft. How many, how many catches did he have on Sunday? Zero. Zero. One. Zero. Zero. How many, now Kyle Pitts, how many catches did he have on Sunday? Would also say zero. So whenever your quarterback has more catches than well, excuse okay, so Kyle Pitts had two catches. But whenever your quarterback has more catches than your number one wide receiver, do you kind of think that something is wrong? <laughs> so says somebody who had multiple Atlanta Falcons players on my roster, my Yahoo League, um, it was very disappointing that Drake London had zero points that Tyler Algier got more carries, more touches than the number four, whatever pick that uh, B. John Robinson was that they were all super excited about uh, that they had more that, that that it was just more. Oh, it's so frustrating. Arthur Smith sucks. That's I changed my, my league name. I changed my uh, fantasy team name in my Yahoo league to Arthur Smith must be stopped because it's just absolutely brutal what he does. And they keep winning. It makes no sense. But I think that's like my funny is that basically the biggest bust of the week is Arthur Smith because all of none of his players were that relevant in fantasy this week. It was so annoying, but yet they still win. So nothing's going to change. And Desmond Ritter will be their quarterback until the end of time. So that's my take. Or or Marcus Mariota will come back out of, yeah. you know, whatever. I, I'm with you. What, what I don't understand about the Eagles, but race me about the Falcons, different bird, mm-hmm. is that they have Tyler Algier, and then they go ahead and say, you know what? Not good enough. He set a record as a rookie for Falcons rushing record. He set the Falcons rookie rushing record last year. This year, Falcons have, I think, the eighth pick in the draft, and they go, but you know what? Doesn't hurt to have two. Let's get another running back, even though you really only play one at a time. But Arthur Smith, is he's telling us, hey, you know what? We could have Drake London. We could draft Kyle Pitts. We could draft... Whoever at wide receiver, tight end, etc. But we don't care about those positions. Our wide receivers and tight ends better get used to blocking because we are running the football. And that's what they keep doing. Um, that you know, Tyler Algier, like he had 20 plus points. Kyle Bitts yeah. had two receptions, 44 yards. Like that's that's nothing. 
I don't know how many times he was targeted, but that's just there's just yeah, I don't Kyle Pitts I don't think there's very many that. targets. Let me I'll, I'll look it up while you keep talking here. Well, the Kyle Pitts the Kyle Pitts hype is done. I listened to a ton of like preseason kind of podcasts, and I remember last year going, okay, you know what? I think the guy I'm going to buy into is Tyler Pitt is Kyle Pitts. Going to buy into Kyle Pitts. All right, you know what? The Falcons are telling us what they're going to do. They drafted him at tight end, the highest tight end, like the earliest in the draft a tight end has ever been drafted, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's in the modern NFL era. Bunch of other stats, bunch of other information about it. Okay, I'm gonna take and take Kyle Pitts here in the fantasy football draft. Like right after Travis Kelsey, you know, next time off the board, Kyle Pitts. Completely a dud. Just completely oh, yeah. a dud he's, last he's year. Like just 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 not not getting a fair share of targets, receptions. Every single fantasy football expert I listened to or heard from was like, Oh, they're gonna have him at wide wide receiver, they're gonna use him like Travis Kelsey, etc. They have Marcus Mariota. Or Desmond Ritter at QB. They're not going to be throwing the ball downfield that much. That Drake London guy could get a couple targets and make some plays in empty space, but they're going to use Kyle Pitts. And this is almost the same thing now with with uh, B. John Robinson. Like, it, yeah, like B. John had a good game, but but they're telling us something. So what's what's just wild is his rookie season. So Calvin, do you do you know uh, who's he almost broke the record for most receiving yards by a rookie tight end in the NFL history? Do you know who holds the uh, the record? Antonio Gates. No. No. Travis Kelsey? No. I mean, is it Gronk? It's uh it's Mike Ditka. Oh, okay. Cool. Good for Ditka. Let me Who's, make sure I'm right. Yeah. yeah, Mike Ditka. He in 19 Oh gosh. What year did he do this in? Just just guess. Just just for fun. 85? Didn't or no, was he the coach of the Bears in 85? So yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know. Golden, I wasn't alive. 1961. Yeah. (laughs) My dad wasn't alive. (laughs) Same. Okay. Um, Anyway, uh, it's just like, so rookie year, he does like all these really promising things that bring in Marcus Mariota. And then, you know, it's just been downhill from there. And then finally, like, you know, the, he got put up, like everybody got released, able to release him halfway through the 2022 season, whenever he got hurt. And then, you know, somebody starts putting together all these highlight reels of like, hey, he was targeted quite a bit downfield. It's just they didn't have a quarterback that could get him the ball. And it kind of appears to be the same thing. Uh, in one of the pods I was listening to today, they were talking about like, hey, that Riz- they tried to unleash Ritter a little bit today or uh, on Sunday. And they he immediately threw a horrible pass. And it was just like from then on, it was, okay, we're doing screens. Nothing's going past the line of scrimmage. We are not trusting you. We are going to win the game despite you. So it's, it's, it's just interesting. I, and I don't know how much of this is, is – is pro, a lot of it is probably more than what we want to say of it's the, the lack of trust in the quarterback situation. But you'd think at least for like a Drake London that they would do some wide receiver screens. They would try to get him on some some you know jet sweeps. They would do something to generate him generate their like top pick some touches. But – or they're tied in, you know, these guys that they put so much draft capital in. Because I'm just looking at the draft, and on the board, whenever they take uh, B. John Robinson, Jalen Carter's right there, darn all right. Uh, offensive tackle, Peter Skronsky, offensive tackle, uh, Lucas Van Ness, a defensive end. Like, all these guys are available, but they, no, they like, went out of their way to go, no, we're going to draft B. John Robinson. And then they give Tyler Algier more, more carries. And maybe they're just trying to work him in. I, I don't know. But that's just... For me, Arthur Smith, I'm uh, that's my biggest fantasy bust is anybody playing for him is just doomed. 
I like it. Just just period the Falcons. You never know what they're gonna do. They no. have the multiple it's like the it's like the new um new deal with oh gosh, it was, I think it was always like New England running back group. Like you knew the New England running back group was gonna get some carries and get some touchdowns because they had Tom Brady as their quarterback. They're a high powered mm-hmm. offense. You always want to pick one of those guys. But it seemed like no matter what you did, you were always going to pick the wrong guy. Exactly. Going to score in the game. You know, you always picked the guy who was going to get like one 30 yard rush, two other times he would carry the ball. And then that'd be it. You know, the entire game, he'd end up with like 44 rushing yards, three carries. That'd be it. And then the other guy who come in and rotate with them would have, you know, six passes out of the backfield caught and et cetera, et cetera. So we'll just be blowing up stat wise. My, I, I gotta say though, my biggest fantasy boom not going to shock anyone because I watched the entire game start to finish. Tyreek Hill. Okay. I mean, I was just going to say, like, I watched the Chargers Dolphins game. Tyreek Hill. He's projected for 21 points and, you know, in ESPN PPR, he ended up scoring 44. And I will say, watching that Chargers Dolphins game, he could have scored more. Like, the Chargers weren't not covering him. They were doing their best to try to stay in front of Tyreek Hill and go- cover him and, you know, put him in different play types against different corners and linebackers and DBs and safeties, et cetera. Just wasn't working out for him. So yeah, yeah Tyreek Hill is the biggest boom here. I, I don't think there's really, um, if, I don't know if you, uh, who's your guy. I, I was going to say Tyreek Hill. I had him actually. And I, and he was the reason mm-hmm. I won my game on Sunday uh, in, in fantasy on my uh, sleeper league. But uh, yeah, he was amazing. I, I mean, you could, some people were tweeting out like, you know, how they were getting him open and how well, and him and Tua were just cooking together. Um, people were making the case is, Hey, he might be the best. Why he is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. I would still kind of lean Justin Jefferson is just the best pure wide receiver. He can do everything where Tyreek, like you don't want always 100% trust Tyreek to just come down with it. You just trust him to be so open. It doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, no one's more scared of anybody uh, than Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill, would be mine, but I'm going to go ahead and change it up. And Calvin, who was what was the highest scoring player this week in week one? Uh, Dallas Cowboys defense. Yes. <laughs> so I I'm am ready. I'm playing in a league that I'm playing. Neither league that I'm playing in this year as playing defense slash special teams because I just was like tired of dealing with, you know, getting negative points all the time. So I just didn't want to be a part of that. But uh yeah, the Dallas the Dallas team was amazing, but I, I think for team for people that don't want to talk about defense, that they were amazing and they got they got to play against Daniel Jones. But uh, I think someone that like really surprised a lot of people, and I had him on my bench, Jordan Love, um, just as in a especially in a two quarterback league where the quarterback is so much more important. Jordan Love had a 23 points against like a pr- probably a mostly inept. Chicago Bears defense, but still it's it was interesting without his number one wide receiver and then losing his number one running back halfway through the game. Um, I believe they're also playing down a couple of offensive linemen and just got out there and he balled 23 points. It's really good. It's pretty good for a quarterback. He outscored Justin Herbert at least at least in my in uh my two leagues. Uh only only other quarterback that I'm looking at here uh Tua Talagolova. Uh, he he only had a little bit better of a game, but uh, Judd and Love and I. I mean, if you haven't already gone out and tried to claim off waivers, you're probably not playing fantasy right. Go go claim him right now, because um, you know if you're thinking about the rest of that the that division, uh, the the Lions don't have a very good defense. Um, Vikings are having a slightly improved defense, but not anything like great. Uh, and then the Bears suck, so it's just like he's those. There's you know you're. 
your next few games, there's a bunch of game, most of the schedule right there. And then he's going to be able to tear it up. And so he might be a league winner if you can go grab him off of waivers today. So th- that's my biggest winner is we'll go with Jordan Love because defenses aren't always that interesting to talk about in fantasy. That, that sounds good. I, I mean, I think that Dallas Cowboys defense, that's like incredible what they did to the Giants because also looking like Tony Pollard had 22 points, but the Cowboys scored 40. It, there's just, you figure there would be, you know, CeeDee Lamb scored like 20. There's not one guy who had like Tyreek Hill and like double the projection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, is what I'd get at. And that's what's bizarre to me, except for the defense. Of course, Dallas Cowboys defense, they scored so many points. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to the real life. Real life disappointed first. Real life disappointed. We'll leave the impressions here for a second. Disappointed. Okay. Um, I'll ask you this. I'll ask you first so I don't steal yours. Who's who got real life disappointed? Who's who are you picking here? I think I think Lamar. Mm. Um, I know they got they, they ended up winning against the Texans, but you know, going into it, it there, there's a lot of like context. Me and you talked about in our last pod about I believe that Lamar had a lot more pressure than say Justin Herbert. Um, and but look, and let me try to guide my thoughts for a second. Yeah, so Lamar basically thought Lamar, there was a lot more pressure on Lamar than there was just Justin Herbert, and going into it because you know he demanded a new coach, he demanded you know better weapons and all of the, and they're running a new offense and all these things. He got one of the fast contracts in NFL history until Joe Burrow signed his last Saturday. Um, all of these things uh, went, went nuts, and we finally he gets to go out and see it. Does it? He scored a whopping six fantasy points. He had multi, multiple turnovers. Uh, from what I, I didn't get to watch this game, but from what I've been understand, uh, the way people have talked about it, it was just did not. He looked really, really rusty, and he did come out afterwards and say, "Hey, I'm going to do better. This is not acceptable." So you know, he said the right things, did the right things going forward, and I, I do wonder how much of it is new offense playing a uh, a really well coached defense is what it sounds like in Demarco Ryan, Demico Ryan. Is that how you pronounce mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So a really, really well coached defense with a, you know, a top, see a top three pick in the NFL draft and Will Anderson from Alabama. Um, like they came to play and they probably caught them off guard. And they also had uh, a devastating uh, season ending injury for uh, JK Dobbins. So, that, you know, there's a lot going into it. But still, it's just like, come on, Lamar, you, you got to be better than this after demanding all of these things in the offseason. I'm totally with you. I want to ask you, I, I looked up some stats about this game here, the Texans-Ravens. Which team had more yards, if you had to guess, and by how many? Be- because I think it's like the wrong way. I'm going to say that the, the Texans probably had more yards. I'm going to say they had like 112 more yards. They had three more yards. That's why I bring it up. It was that close. It was 268 to 265. But that just also means that something's off here. That the Ravens win twenty-five to nine. I think the Texans are just going to show up. Like that, they're, they're going to. You're, you're right. They have a really good defense, but they're just going to show up. Like the Texans are going to show up every week. They're not going to be a rollover team that AFC South. I was um, not real life impressed by them. I was just they did fine. But I think what you're saying is correct here. I, I was real life unimpressed, real life depressed by this team because <laughs> you would expect Lamar. You expect a lot of these quarterbacks. I think every quarterback, all the, the top four quarterbacks who got new deals this past offseason, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Mar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. Deshaun all, Watson. Uh, and Desha- Deshaun Watson. Well, but if I don't include Deshaun, then they're mm. 0 4 on the weekend. So, mm-hmm. and if I do include Deshaun, he got his last year. I want yeah, to say. you're, you're right. That, you're, it's so, not really your argument. 
Yeah, but but that's that's the argument I'm making here. I and I, I totally agree. You would think the Ravens would be doing just killer at the end of the day. But they're at home. They took care of business. They won by 14. I don't know if they covered the spread. I assume they covered the spread. I can't imagine an NFL spread for more than 14 uh, points. I would say I'm real life unimpressed or depressed by Seattle Seahawks. Ooh, that I mean, was this a big is, one. This is a this is a team where we talked about last week on our 10 questions. Are the Rams even going to try to win? Are they even going to try to be good? Are they going to try to trot some guys out there? Okay, Cooper Cup's on IR. Like to start the season. Comes out. You know, before this, before the game kicks off. All right. Well, okay. So what's Matthew Stafford going to do? You know, what? Well, who are his weapons going to be? Still finds guys like no matter yeah. what. Still has really, really good stats in the game. I mean, he puts up more than over three hundred passing yards, and then you know, rushing the football like Cam Akers and Kyron Williams, two guys who I know their names, but not like their household names whatsoever. Go in, score three TDs, rushing it. And then they've got a guy, Puka Nakua, I think is how mm -hmm. you say it, who has 10 receptions, 120 yards, 119 exact. Like, the the Rams still found a way to win, but this was much more to me of, okay, but, like, what, what happened here? Because it's just such an odd deal that the Seattle Seahawks team where Geno Smith and, and others, I really thought they had a good chance. And Geno... Listen, he didn't play horribly. He was 16-26 passing. He had 112 yards, one touchdown. But the rest of the team just did not show up at all. I mean, Kenneth Walker was just slowed. Zach Charbonnet, slow. Geno Smith, one rush, six yards. DJ Dallas, two rushes, you know, four yards. Like, I can just keep going. DK Metcalf had the one touchdown reception. And that's what they did. It, it, it was just so odd to me that the Seahawks team that I thought would really have a good shot of getting back in the playoff picture this year, um, be out there, all that type of stuff, just did not really stand up at all in this game. Like, they didn't do anything at all against the Rams to go, oh, okay, well, all right, well, you know, it's an off game for them, but they'll be okay. It wasn't a last-second score. It wasn't anything like that. Just 30-13, to 13, Sean McVay and that Rams offense just took it to him. And the defense, you know, held Geno Smith and the Seahawks team that, it's usually pretty good to 13 points at home in Lumen Field. Like, that's, that's real life unimpressed by the Seattle Seahawks here, for sure. It, it, yeah, um, I was super impressed and, and probably going forward um, maybe the most worried about um, because of the injuries on their offensive line that they had. Uh, it's their, they, and, and Geno Smith's just not a quarterback who's better equipped to handle losing an offensive line like that because he's just not quite the same physical talent as somebody, obviously not like a Patrick Mahomes. He's not as shifty. He's not as raw fast as like a Lamar Jackson. Um, not as just um, a manipulator of the pocket like Tom Brady. Um, but <sighs> goose. It, it's, it's interesting to me how that like that the Seahawks team with Pete Carroll and Sean McVay, like you can just never, can never be for sure with this team with Geno Smith. They don't have that guy. They don't have that running back, that wide receiver. Definitely not that quarterback in Geno that I just love so much, so that I'm picking them over anything else. Um, I also have to say here is that my real life impressed here. Just gotta say, 
I'm real life impressed by the Browns defense. Um, Cleveland Browns defense. I'm not. I I could have picked that I'm unimpressed by the Bengals, but this is a road game. Joe Burrow's first game of the season. He doesn't play well in historically now. It's he's setting a trend with it. And he still was like 14 and 31 for 82 yards. Like he wasn't horrific. He just wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And it was rainy and it was poor weather and et cetera, et cetera. And then he doesn't even play in the rest of the whole game because like, okay, let's make sure to save him from injury, et cetera, et cetera. So this to me was much more of, okay, Bengals, not, not great, but shout to the Browns defense because inside the football, Deshaun Watson didn't show up either. Like it's not as though the Browns offense was just killing it the whole day. I mean, Watson had an interception. He didn't throw for 200 yards. Um, Nick Chubb had 18 carries for 100 yards. Not like 200. There's just nothing really explodes off the page here. Mm-hmm. In that fact that, okay, the Browns just absolutely just demolished the Bengals here in this game. Besides just holding the Bengals to like no offense. And this is a team, Jamar Chase has picked almost one or sec- first or second overall in fantasy. So, Real, real impressed here by the Browns defense. Gotta say. Yeah, and, and the, one of the most impressive things is, is that that clip of uh, Miles Garrett um, doing the crossover move in front of the center right before the snap. That was awesome. It was so awesome. Uh, yeah, the Browns defense was, you know, we were getting like the live play updates as me and Sarah were watching the games on Sunday, and it just looked like a nasty game that the Browns kind of went in and they won in a way that I didn't think that they had it in them. That it was, it was a really, it's really cool that they did that they did what they did. So uh, hats off. We'll kind of have to see if Deshaun Watson can pull together a competent or above average season. Um, it's starting to get worrisome that it's probably not in him to ever be, you know, the MVP candidate with Deshaun Watson anymore. But maybe some above average play is still there and still around, which is, you know, not great for the Browns. But we'll see how they are going forward. That defense might be enough to win them a lot of games this year. It it might be, and it it might need to, because Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson still is looking pretty, you know, pretty average here overall. But right, but I you know could could be good. What what about you? Who was your real life impress? So it's kind of it's got it it's kind of it was the first game of the week. It kind of got it's getting lost in a lot of everything mm-hmm. that happened since then. I mean, we've had so much happen since last Thursday. So many injuries, so many different different things going on. But like. The, the Lions going into Arrowhead on a Thursday night, first game of the season. They and then you know on top of all of it, they get the they get the W. They go almost to the midway of the third quarter and they don't shoot themselves in the foot. There's no there's that was the first penalty was like the third quarter. It was a really clean game. Dan Campbell really, like knew exactly when to gamble and probably shouldn't have gambled on that fourth down that go for that fake punt. Uh, I think nine times out of ten that doesn't work. And, you know, all t- and like nine of those 10 times is done at like a Super Bowl <laughs> or a playoff game. And the right. one time is week one. <laughs> but like it, it just it, it's kind of on one hand, you could say that was really, really stupid. But on the other hand, like I'm sure the players absolutely loved it. And I'm sure that the players kind of like it's this boost of, hey, coach trusts us to execute. And I know Jared Goff didn't really light the world on fire. And then on the, from the fantasy standpoint, a lot of people were upset with like how little Jameer Gibbs got used. But if you had David Montgomery, you got excited. But like just as taking fantasy out of it, it just was a, t- a Lions team that I didn't think had that in them to hold a Patrick Mahomes level team and Andy Reid coach team to only 20 points in their home field 
off of a Super Bowl. Um, I, I just think it's really cool. And, and, you know, yes, there are the caveats that Kelsey didn't play. Yes, Kadarius Tony might as well have been playing for the Lions on defense. But st- still, you know, they still got out there. And they still made all the plays they needed to. And they went out and they won the game. So I'm going to still go with, like, the most real-life impressed was, was the Lions. All right. Well, I, I think that's a great one. Um, I, I can't disagree too much. There. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, um, what about least confident versus most confident? Like, how are you feeling here? So least confident, I, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the Seahawks, it's really troublesome that, you know, they, they just didn't really show up. Their defense wasn't, wasn't strong. Like we're kind of used to with Seattle. And I don't think the defense has been very good for a long time. Not since the Legion of Boom era. Um, the, it, and the kind of, I'm pretty worried about them. I'm pretty worried about the Vikings kind of had a, a rough go of it. And I was kind of really looking forward to getting to root for Kirk Cousins. And how, I've had Justin Jefferson on my fantasy team last year. And I just kind of like him. I like Kirk. And they kind of had a, a stinker of a showing against the, the Bucks. So I think the most worried about, let's go Seahawks, because I've kind of got a soft place in my heart for the Seahawks. My wife is from the Pacific Northwest. I kind of they like, she grew up rooting for them. Um, and then most confident going forward the dallas cowboys have a good defense um mike mccarthy i'm not the biggest fan of i think he's done some dumb things but heck they they did not hurt themselves at all on sunday night um and we didn't really get to see the offense do a whole lot but they did what they needed to they didn't have to do very much so i think we're pretty confident that the dallas cowboys are going to be a force in the nfc uh nfc east this year and they might really a Eagles team that may or may not have been as ready for the season as we thought they would be. All right. Well, I, I think that's really good. Um, I, I would say I'm, I, I'm the most confident here in the, in Tua and the dolphins. Um, mm, that's a know, really going, good going, going back to that chargers dolphins game. Yeah. I did watch the whole thing. Weirdly enough, like in Oklahoma, you know, area we we don't get that game. Yeah, I know that's like, kind of that weird. was that was one of the bummers. It's like you know you got East Coast and West Coast all one game, but instead we got, of course, I think we ended up getting the Patriots Eagles, which you know, y'all yeah. figure. Um, I I but I just gotta say, like Tua Dolphins, as long as Tua's healthy, they're back. Like they mm-hmm. they just look like they haven't missed a step. It looks like they were tearing apart the Chargers defense, which isn't bad. Like the Chargers do. De- what I think is going to really get lost about that game is that the Chargers, yeah, they let up a ton of points. They let up a ton of yards. But, like, it's just the Dolphins were crazy good. Like, Mike mm-hmm. McDaniels and that offense, that that's a juggernaut of an offense. I mean, the Chargers yeah. are going to have to. And the Chargers play the Dolphins six more times. I'm not sure who wins, you know, or ten more times, whatever the deal is. Whereas, yeah, with, with the Dolphins, like, they're they're on cloud nine here, and they should be. They should be power ranking number one because they beat a Chargers defense that didn't make a ton of errors, that really played straight up football, that just Tua just dropped the ball into Tyreek Hill, you know, perfectly in the end zone, and then also hit him perfectly when he was wide open. Like the Chargers defense wasn't making a bunch of gaffes or errors at yeah. all. Well, so and what, the when, offense wasn't playing horribly either, and they were staying with the Dolphins the whole game. Yeah, so one of the big questions I, I had heard going into this season was, is, was this Mike McDaniel's offense just a one-hit one, uh, one wonder? Was this going to be something that he could improve upon? Is this something that, like, okay, we've got a whole 17 games worth of film on, hey, this is what, or actually 18 games because they played the playoffs. Hey, we've got all this 
this this film on them now like we know kind of how this this engine works we know how to stop them and we get out there and the uh the the head coach of the chargers is known as like a, like one of the innovators on defense like if anybody's gonna slow him down and the only team to slow him down last year with a healthy two it was the chargers defense it's like this that was a really good test to start off with and it, I felt like my, they didn't like Mike McDaniel's had like seven new answers on how to get Tyreek just inexplicably open. It's like like there's there's a couple of I, I sent you a, a tweet that I saw of like hey this is where Tyreek is gonna go this is where the ball's gonna hit and this is where Tyreek is gonna be and it's just like twenty yards of open space in front of him. It's just absolutely amazing what he can do. I Mike mean, the, the, yeah, the, the biggest deal I would say is like Tua just having the timing of Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. because that I cannot imagine timing. Well, one, I mean, I'm not a football player, but I just cannot imagine, you know, like timing a pass perfectly when a guy is five feet from me and trying to bounce it to him as he, you know, you mm-hmm. know, is making a cut inside down the lane and you know, <laughs> pick up hoops, right? Yeah. Like we were trying to do this weekend. I just can't imagine going, okay, Tyreek Hill is 20 yards behind this ball, but the second I launch it, He's gonna be, oh, he's gonna have ran forty yards by the time it gets to him. So that that type of stuff, I think, is, uh, it's crazy good. But the the unconfidence meter here mm-hmm. is, I could take the easy answer and I could say the Jets. I could say, oh, I'm really unconfident in the Jets. But everyone knows that here today because Aaron Rodgers out for the season. Jets, who knows what they're going to do at quarterback? Are they going to stay with Zach Wilson? I would guess. I don't know who else is out there necessarily. Maybe like a Matt Ryan comes out of the booth. RG3 was on one of the ESPN shows today saying, well, they could play me, but I'm too big of a distraction. And I was like, well, I mean, there's always a threshold. You know, you're not you're not calling Kaepernick level, you know, you know, um, uh, of a distraction. You know, you're not like tom brady level distraction you're rt3 so like how much of a distraction are you really but anyways besides him trying to plead his case i'm really unconfident in the buffalo bills like that was a horrible monday night yes. game that was one that they should have just gone oh okay you got zach wilson in Aaron Rodgers is out every bit of this whole stadium has been deflated with you know just absolutely all of the positive mojo the number eight jerseys Aaron Rodgers' new number all over the you know field and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a second. Is Zach Wilson going to win this game? And he didn't, for the record, did not win the game. I'd say no. the Jets special teams player who who's an undrafted <laughs> rookie. He won the game for him. Yeah. Because it was 16-16 and had an overtime. But, man, Josh Allen looked just as good as Zach Wilson. And that is not where you want to see the Buffalo Bills. I, I, I've listened to so many of the, like, the Ringer podcasts. I think that's where we say as well, too. And almost all of them, it's like, so tell me why the Bills are going to be good. And it's like, well, because they, I mean, let's look at it. They have Josh Allen. Like, yeah. We'll get the 10 wins. They got Josh Allen. After last night, I I, I got to say, I don't see it. Um, maybe Brian Dayball was just like the Josh Allen guru. And then I know he wasn't with them last season, but it just, you know, he was able to keep going. Josh Allen was for one more season or just something horrific happened last night to Josh Allen. But see, I mean, he threw three, he threw three picks last night, all three to the same dude. So, someone's got to explain the Buffalo Bills to me. Yeah, so I feel so unconfident in them. So it's yeah, the, the Buffalo Bills. Um, l- last year, like you know, you know, they had a really, really good. They had like I think the second best offense in the league, despite it just kind of like looking hard. And then this year, it, it's kind of like 
a lat like someone I listened to today was saying like Josh, like the best attribute of Josh Allen is he plays every down of football like it's the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl with the game on the line and then the, also the that is the absolute worst thing about Josh Allen. There's that clip going around on Twitter right now of him lunging for a first down. He's like six yards away from it. It's like the opening drive of the quarter. <laughs> it's like this just isn't the time and place to be recklessly throwing your body around. Um, so there's there's so much like basically. All right, I, I, I'm starting off with that point of like, it doesn't seem like Josh Allen is aware enough. Like I'll go and look at, did you watch any of the uh, Eagles game? A little. I mean, honestly, I was, the way to watch the Chargers game was to watch NFL Red Zone. So oh, okay. I, they were just cutting back and forth to the Eagles game. So I saw the end of it. Yeah. Okay. So ba- basically there was like four, like three to five plays where it was a designed run for Jalen Hurts and he takes off and he gets to the line of scrimmage and you can like sitting there on the TV, even my wife could go, oh, he doesn't have any space to do anything. And he just falls. He, like he just get, like he he safely falls. Like he know, he knows I'm not risking my body in the first week of this season for a play that's not going to do anything. And, and he did that. Like it's just it didn't look like cowardly. It didn't look stupid. It looked like safe, smart decision making. Because like if you think back. Um, he missed like two, three games at the end of the year and then came back and just could not hit that deep ball until the Super Bowl. whenever he kind of got like his arm limbered back up and finally got going. And it's like, you know, maybe if his arm is like 5% better, they win the Super, you know, I I don't, I don't want to make that argument, but just saying like the, the approach to the season and Jalen versus a Josh Allen, Josh Allen just is not approaching things smartly. He's not taking the right risks. He's not he's not like he's basically trying to okay he's trying to Russell Westbrook it where he's trying to hero yeah. ball and be the high the sports center highlight that week of making this amazing play and throw and it's just like if, the, if they're going to get that Josh Allen then the Buffalo Bills are in big time trouble for this year because it's a depleted team they're not as good on defense this year they're not as good on offense this year it's just a, it's a team that is really it, it lives or dies with Josh Allen yeah I gotta say when when you're when you have more yards than the team in a game and you still lose, that's that's what hurts the most. Like, mm-hmm. like I always love mentioning the yardage because you'd figure yardage would correlate completely with score. Yeah. In this game, yardage doesn't yardage is basically the score because both the teams went to overtime and the Bills had three fourteen to the Jets two eighty nine. Like we're like twenty five yards is not the end of the world. So basically they had the same amount of yardage. And yeah. the key difference here is you know, the, the Jets are just just overall able to get it to overtime and then able to hit that one big play. I mean, this game probably should have ended in a tie. But I also think that if you tell me, you could have told me several things about this game last night. You could have said, hey, Aaron Rodgers is injured on the fourth play he has under center. Who mm-hmm. wins? I've been like, oh, the Jets do not win this game. No, there's no way. They don't get it to overtime. It's they're they lose by 60. Like it's yeah. worse than the game the night before with the Giants Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But also, if you tell me Josh Allen's going to throw three picks and Aaron Rodgers only plays four downs. Okay. Well, what, what happened? <laughs> like I, I I'm with you because it is okay. You know what? Josh Allen. I don't know what the record is for how many pass attempts he's had in a game, but I got to say like when he's throwing the, when he's dropping back to throw the ball 41 times, and then he also is their second leading rusher on the night. That's that's concerning. Now, great, he only rushed the ball six times, but some of those are designed runs or just his ability to be, you know, six foot 
twelve or whatever he is. I mean, I think he's really six five, <laughs> and be able just to run over guys is it's good. I mean, basically got like, I mean, I'm not gonna say he's Derrick Henry, but he's Derrick Henry in size. Yeah, you know, he's huge and he's able to run decently fast enough and able to do much and everything. He's also three years younger than me, so shout out to Josh Allen for already making it big in this yeah. world. But you know, I mean, it's just go. yeah. So, I mean, so like it's just if if you think about it hey like how does the head coach going josh look the they have the worst quarterback in the league starting right now they have nothing going for them on offense other than maybe handing it off to Brees hall i just need you to make the correct play and if it's if a deep shot is not there do not take it just take the sack throw it away do like just play smart football and the bills win that game 10 times out of 10 um, so just with that in mind, so do you, if you're the bills, how interested are you in trying to go get Jonathan Taylor? Like just, just to give, just to give, uh, Josh Allen something or just like, Hey, you know what, Josh, you got too hot of a head. We're going to call four straight run plays. <laughs> We're going to just hand it off, do a screen. We're going to do all of these little things. We're going to just try to give you some time to cool off so that you're not having to be Superman and handing it off to a, a Jonathan Taylor or something like that. Because like, they're never going to have the draft capital to go get somebody like that while Josh Allen's a quarterback, or at least who we think Josh Allen is right now. They're never going to have a, a, a draft pick high enough to go get something like that. So this is kind of their only time to be able to do something. That that's there's the, the well, there's a galaxy brain take of like just go get Jonathan Taylor real quick. I mean, honestly, there there are plenty of teams that should, but if, if I'm the Eagles. I go get Jonathan Taylor after this past week. We only beat the Pats by five. And if I'm the Bills, I go get Jonathan Taylor. Like, does well, James Cook the guy? I mean, I don't know. Also, if I'm the if I'm the Chargers, I go get Jonathan Taylor because apparently Austin Eckler is dealing with the, some type of ankle injury here mm-hmm. and the Wednesday's practice. I, I just... I am so annoyed by... Aaron Rodgers getting hurt for the Jets because I know so many Jets fans. We're going to see the Jets in prime time. I think four or five more times five. this season on standalone games. One of them is against the Chargers. Now, granted, it's on Monday night, so like I'll make sure we're able to see it. But man, it is uh, a little soul crushing here that we're going to see a lot of bad Jets football. I just somebody's got to tell me that Matt Ryan is currently trying out for the Jets or something. Like, there's yeah. got to be some type of Tom Brady just go, you know what, Patriots, I'm sorry we're in the same division as the Jets, but you know what, they may be an offer I couldn't refuse, which is they let me buy ownership in the Jets or something just crazy and, and going like that. I don't know. I so that's know. like, that is probably the craziest option for them to go at quarterback. That's probably their first call as a Tom Brady call. But then like, what are some, like we're like you just talked about Robert Griffin III. There's rumors of Colin Kaepernick's agents reached out. Um, what el- what other options are you thinking through right now for the Jets? Because like they it is a disservice to that defense and to that city to roll Zach Wilson out there for the next seventeen weeks. Like it's just like we can't be doing they can't be doing that. All right, There's so I got no I got three fun ones for you. Okay, I want you to pick one of these three. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let me double check there that this is all still accurate because I did see someone say Geno Smith, which he's not a free agent. So I want to make sure this article is still up to date here. Um, yeah, paid Manning probably not going to be able to make it. No. Um, I'm going to say no on the paid Manning. But 
I've got so I've got three for you. I've got Jacoby Brissett. Apparently, these guys, apparently with the Washington Commanders right now. Um, Case Keenum, Cam Newton. There's no, Cam Newton can't throw and hit the broad side of a barn. Uh, there's no way. So, okay, so um, not not Cam Keenum. I'm trying to think of the last time we even saw he's him play. For the, he's the backup for the Bills. I don't think there's any way in this world that the Bills are like, yeah, let's give you the quarterback who we just lost to that team the night before. Yeah, and, and uh, give like, yeah, you know, I mean, the Jets aren't going to trade so much. Brissett makes a lot of sense because he he played for the Browns last year, correct? That was yeah, and and he was like solid, and that's all they need is they just need a neutral quarterback, like a quarterback who's not going to lose the game for you, and he but he doesn't have to win it. All he has to do is hand it off to Brees Hall and and uh, Dalvin Cook and then hit Derek Wilson or Jer- Garrett Wilson for an, an stride. Like that's all he has to do. So I don't know that this sucks. This it's uh, I'm so glad I'm not James, a Jets fan. <laughs> Jameis Winston, the, the most exciting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Ryan. Man, Matt Ryan. I, I feel like everybody's really down on him last year, and like they were calling him cooked, and he's like. I just feel like the Colts last year were awful all around him, and he had no shot anyway. So maybe Matt Ryan would be okay. Is who's older, Blake Bortles or me? You have to you have to guess right here, right now. Who's older, Blake Bortles or Calvin Alexander? Bortles by a year. So Blake Bortles, thirty-one. What's he? You know, I mean, what what's he up to? Yeah. Um, maybe Nick crushing Foles? it. In a, he might be crushing it in a beer league somewhere in Southern Florida. He, he could. Uh, Nick Foles, I'm going to say no. Just no, there's not a chance. Same thing with Carson Wentz. No, I'm good. So, Calvin, have you, you you've seen Arrested Development, right? Have you well, ever yeah. you've seen? Yeah. So, I feel like the Nick Foles thing. Every team in the league has gone. You know, Nick Foles has played for a lot of teams. And does it ever work out for him? No, but it might work for us. <laughs> uh, so, I think I think the most realistic options here. Mm-hmm. Is and, and I'm saying realistic is like realistically the Jets would really try to do this because they think it would make their team better. And it's Jameis Winston or Kyler Murray. So the James- Kyler Murray, the Kyler Murray one is is weird because the Jets already traded for you know for Aaron Rodgers, so they're mm-hmm. not gonna want to trade a bunch of stuff. Kyler is I don't know what his contract deals details are. I know they're not good. I know this isn't his last year on the Cardinals, so it's not like they'd want to take him, like the Jets wouldn't want to take him as a rental, especially if rumored right now is that Rogers is going to try to come back at age 41 next year and be fine. And he, and Rogers still has another year on the contract. So it's not like, okay, Rogers is done with the NFL, but also like he tore his Achilles. Yeah. Like you just don't come back from that. So maybe you have I mean, Kyler like, Rogers who's fighting for quarterback one spot next year. I don't know. Probably not, but who knows? Um but yeah, I mean I think yeah, I, don't, I don't think that we've even seen I don't think we've seen a high caliber NFL player come back from an Achilles. We've seen like Kevin Durant is like the only high profile athlete that's come back, and Kevin Durant can't play 72 games anymore. He can't play 60. So it's like how are you, earth is like Aaron Rodgers or somebody going to be able to play off of on that. Kyler Murray is really interesting. Uh, and, and I mean, we were talking, I think 
no, it wasn't with you. I was talking with another friend of mine today. Like, there's that clause that they put in where Aaron Rodgers had to start like a percentage of games this year, or they or the Packers don't get the pick from the Jets. So, like, the Jets might actually own a first round pick that could mean something, but I don't know if it's going to be enough for them to go get a Kyler Murray. Like, and I think that's super interesting from a purely on paper of like plugging him in. But again, there's lots of personality issues. There's some leadership questions. Um, will Kyler Murray be able to pl- be able to play quarterback in November? Will his body hold up? Will the new Call of Duty be too much for him to to, st- to say no to? Playoffs, Call of Duty, who knows? Um, so that's interesting. I I pitched to you, Kirk Cousins, just like, hey, Vikings, you lost to Tampa Bay. What if you wanted to punt incredibly early on your season? And just trade away your quarterback and then try to go get one of these like super high tier uh, quarterback prospects and just tank your season away. Don't play Jefferson. Don't and then like let your uh, uh, Jordan Addison kind of get some time rebuild through the I don't know. That's such as dumb. Who knows? But like a, a Kirk Cousins and maybe the Jets do actually make the Super Bowl. That's kind of what I was thinking, but I don't know how that would work out with salary cap. I don't know what on earth the Vikings would get out of it, other than the prospect of maybe getting to go get Caleb Williams or Drake May in, in April. So, yeah, I. So, so I'm I'm reading. I mean, I'm trying to read through all the Kyler Murray stuff here too, just to make sure I understand it. He's on the pup list, so he's on the physically unable to perform list and at least missed the first four games of the season. So we got three more he's missing. That is still with Zach Wilson, theoretically. The Dallas Cowboys play the Jets, you know, on Tuesday. The other thing here is that with Murray's contract, it believe I it has details until 2028. It looks like that the team who has Murray as under contract has an out after 2027. But that's not like next year. And this all is really odd to me because Oh, you know what's going to happen is that they're going to sign, you know. I mean, basically, is that, you know, the Cardinals are going to sign Caleb Williams and go draft him after the season. Well, I don't necessarily know what they'd be doing that for because you still have Kyler for a couple of you still, no matter what you have him for 2024. Looks like after that, then it becomes the numbers become better for, you know, for the Cardinals to cut him. But, You'd want Kyler on I your mean, team next year. I don't. I don't get this. I'm, I mean, if you're the Cardinals, they probably there's new. They got a new coach. I believe the GM has moved on as well. So they might be just like looking to completely clean clean slate and go get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. And so in that case, getting anything back for Kyler Murray might be interesting. And they might be looking at, hey, the Jets need a quarterback. They've got this team that's incredible around, and all they need is a quarterback. And this might be your chance to get anything for him back and, you know, get get him off their books and then just start over with a whole new system, whole new quarterback next year. So because they have their pick this year and they're going to have the Texans pick. The Texans are probably not going to win very many games. So th- this is a really good chance for them to go out and do this. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, just, it makes a lot like like thinking through the Cardinals probably don't want to go through the rest of this year with Kyler Murray. They want to have a bad pick. Kyler Murray might raise your floor up high enough that you end up winning a couple of games. You don't want to. So getting him off, getting him out of the building, getting start over and reset the culture with a Caleb Williams, like that, that all seems enticing. And maybe that's enough to sell him for pennies on the dollar and just get whatever you get back from the jets is awesome. Who knows, but we'll see. We'll see. 
All right. Well, yeah. let's uh, let's talk about week two here as we end this one out. Let's talk about um, the game we're most looking forward to see. Do you, I, I did not know there were t- there are two Monday Night Football games coming up this uh, this next week. But I'll have a, with a quick quiz question here. Mm-hmm. Which game is the cheapest to go to this uh, this coming weekend? Ooh. Any ideas? I can say it is not the game I thought it would be. Or maybe I, it is. Well, is it Giants Cardinals? It is, yeah, by two dollars. Oh, yeah. Let, let me go. <laughs> Tickets for twenty one bucks. Go ahead and fly over to the Glendale, Arizona Stadium. Man, that'd be kind of cool. Um game I'm looking forward to the most. I, I think Jaguars Chiefs might be really interesting. Getting to see Trevor Lawrence is kind of push, pushing his way up. Like, hey, I deserve a lot of respect as like this up and coming quarterback. I'm on the same level as like Herbert Burrow. Allen, if he just got his head on straight, Mahomes, like, and then Mahomes is that next tier. But Lawrence definitely seems to be one of the five most important quarterbacks in the league, maybe like seven, whatever. Um, going up against the Chiefs, that's I just feels like a really fun game, and we'll kind of get to see the Chiefs bounce back. We might get to see the Jaguars really assert themselves, do some interesting things because they had a really hard fought game with the Colts. I, th- I think Jaguars Chiefs is the game I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, I got you. I. I'm going to differ just so I have a different answer, but I think that's, yeah, I think that's the game of the week because it's two teams that are, you know, both different. Now that you thought the week one would go, I thought Jacksonville would dominate the Colts and I definitely thought Kansas City would win. Um, I think the game that is biggest here is Minnesota, Philadelphia. I really, I, the Eagles should win this easily. It's at home. It's Thursday night. Minnesota lost week one, weirdly enough, and it seemed odd, but yeah, I don't, Besides that, there's not a lot of great games on the slate here this weekend. I mean, Dolphins, Dolphins, pay, Patriots, maybe. But yeah, there's a bunch of a uh, bunch of interesting games here coming up this weekend. Maybe, maybe Niners, Niners, Rams could be fun. Be fun to see so far. Niners, TV. Rams might be interesting. Both teams are one and zero. See how it kind of looks there. That or the uh, the rookie quarterback battle of Colts, Colts, Texans. But that's that's not going to be. Like that's not gonna be a ton of good football, I wouldn't say. No. So, yeah, um, not a lot of teams that are like you know one and zero or zero and one facing each other this week. And like Green Bay, Atlanta, Raiders, uh, Bills. You know, I mean, you got Broncos and Commanders. Not not a ton of great games this weekend. I mean, I would say Chargers at Titans, but I also think that could just be a, a snooze fest. How fast do you think we see a new quarterback from? Um... How, how, I mean, how fast do we think we see a new quarterback for the Titans? Because Tannehill had a horrible game on Sunday. I, I, I think fairly quickly. I wonder why. I, w- I wonder why we haven't heard already that Tennessee is putting in a, you know, putting in a quarterback carousel here or doing some OSU-related deal with having three quarterbacks. Because they still have Mal- Malik Willis, I think is the name. Um, they still have him on the roster. So yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, yeah, so on Sunday, uh, Malik or, uh, Will Levis didn't even suit up. It was just Malik Willis. So that, mm. I think Malik Willis is their number two with, with, uh, Will Levis as number three. So not a great look for what was once considered a top five prospect. Yeah, man, that is tough doing too much mayo in his coffee. I guess so. It can be yeah. bad name is what people say. <laughs> you switched up to light mayo, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, Will Levis is uh, apparently speaking here. He is 12 pounds heavier than Ryan Tannehill and they're the same height. So, Man. yeah, both SEC schools and Levis is nine years younger than Tannehill. So he's I mean, he's not a young guy. He's the same age as Malik Wallace, apparently. I mean, they're both 24. I don't know what, exactly what age both them are, respectively. Who's older and younger, but they're both 24. I, I don't know. Titans, yeah, I could see we, we I, I could see Tannehill not being the only quarterback the rest of the season. And definitely, if things don't go though this weekend against the Chargers defense, that I think looked pretty darn good just against an incredible Dolphins offense. I, I don't think the Chargers defense was that bad. There were a couple things that really hurt him. A Joey Bosa grab trying to get. You know, to a tiger Valoa to the ground, where instead Tua ducks his head, and basically then all Bosa could grab was his face mask. Like mm. that was a penalty that was added on to the end of a big game. I mean, I mean the Chargers were just not catching a break this past weekend, and I know every single fan sings the same song. I guess they'll keep doing it until it changes because the Chargers just had horrible luck. I mean, they had intentional grounding play on their last drive, and it was just a, a very unfortunate deal. So. I think with all being said here, yeah, I could see it being a real fun fun time this weekend here. Chargers Titans and uh see if yeah, the Titans a- bring in uh both both O and one teams, we'll say. Both O and one. Yeah, so, someone will get a win. Some someone has to. Someone well, actually leave. I guess they, I guess they could tie. <laughs> they could tie. NFL does have that ability. Yeah, they could both still yeah. be oh one will be hey, one one way or another, there'll be another one next to somebody's name. It'll be in a tie, it'll be in a win. Or you know, someone will have a two, someone will have a one added, uh, no matter what. So good, like one way to look at it for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, Colton, as always, here. Thanks for joining on the latest episode thanks of the CJ Tour podcast. We're gonna try to do this every single week until we uh, till the wheels fall off here, Colton. So thanks so much for joining. We'll be back again next week, fingers crossed, with another NFL podcast. All right. And uh, Colton, thanks again for joining. Follow yeah, at CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And we'll catch you guys again soon.